This is Seven Sports on Dean Radio. Good morning. It's Saturday morning and it's time for Seven Sport on Dean Radio once again. I'm Matt, joined by Butler and Kelsey from Seven Sport. We're here till midday talking all of your sporting information and news and nonsense that we go through basically on a Saturday morning. All yeah. right, boys, how you doing? Yeah, morning, mate. I'm all good. You? It's all right. All right. I'm lovely. Yeah, it's a um, bit, bit bad weather this week, but you know, we crack on. We go again. Should start brightening up hopefully in the next next week. But it's not so hot. Hopefully. A lot more mild, isn't it? Mm. Um, so yeah, we're here till midday talking, um, I say Gloucestershire football and Gloucestershire sport, but n- nothing's really happening at the moment. Um, so we'll probably talk more about um, things that have been going on in the Premier League, VAR, for example. Um, we're recording this on Thursday once again. I'm in the studio, Butler and Cassie are at home. Um, Butler is currently, I think it's just finished, hasn't it? The tottenham Sheffield United game. Um, so we've got a very interesting VAR decision in that one to talk about later on. Um, also, there was a VAR decision at the weekend, wasn't there, on one of the games? Can't remember which game it was now. Um, there was another interesting one anyway. It might be, vi- might be the Villa game. It was that Wednesday night, wasn't there? Yeah. Um, but yeah. It's, it's, just, it's, it's crazy. We'll talk about it later on. Um, our team of the week this week is Fairford and Kelsey has done the quiz. So look forward yeah. to that later on. Me and Butler are going to take part in the quiz. What uh, is it? A good, good one. one? I, I think it's quite good actually. The, the, I think the second round is uh, is better than what I think. You boys will think the third round is the best one, but I think the second round is the best one. Oh, interesting. So, so that's coming up later on. And I just I want think, to say, I, I think, hope I you've think done the your first round to be a good one. I hope you've <laughs> done your research on uh, on Jody Bevan, Lee Randall, and Jamie Reed. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Absolutely none. I'll just add to Gloucester City for every every question. I get one right. <laughs> um, and we'll also this week because the pubs are reopening. This week's halftime bovril was um, tracks you'd like to hear played in a pub or that you'd enjoy at a pub. Um, and I think all three tracks are so good this week that I'm going to play all of them. So we're going to do the halftime jukebox this week and play three songs um, either side. Well. We're going to spread them around the news here on Zoom Radio at eleven o'clock. Um, but let's get into. A bit of an intro this week. How's your week been, boys? Everything going okay? Butler, how's your challenge been going? Yeah, it's been going well. Um, in the, the update I put out on Monday, you know, I like to just finish off the full week and, and get Monday started. And, and it sort of shapes me for, for how that update looks. And again, I've had a lot of support from um, friends, family, um, everybody within the local football community. And I've had, you know, messages from different people this week. Not to say that, you know, I don't appreciate constant messages from people, but it's nice to get messages from people I haven't spoke to in a while, um, saying that they've, um, you know, read the post, mainly because I know that, you know, Seven Sport website's got another view for the day. Um, but, um, yeah, it's nice to, to have the support and the backing of everybody. Um, what I've, well, see, the last week, it was the first week back at work for me. So it was all about how I've implemented you know, consistently adding X amount of steps per day. So I've started this week quite strong. Um, Had today, as in Thursday, off as a a proper day off, just to sort of relax. Friday, again, a a sort of smaller day. And by the time this goes out, 
Um, I should have actually walked from my house to Long Levens's clubhouse. So um, if that goes well, then I'll be there for training. If not, then I imagine I'll be picked up off the street by some sort of ambulance. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's been been good. I've, I've, I've hit hit the ground running this week, which is uh, which is good. Lovely stuff, Kelsey. You got active yet? Um, nah. nah. I mean, I walk downstairs every day and walk upstairs, so I, you know, <laughs> that's pretty much it. You know, <laughs> you're, you're doing your bit for the social distancing. It's good. It's fine. Well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, just stay away from people because I hate people. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. If there's one thing we've all learned is we all hate people. So yeah, it's good. yeah. I mean, we're all happy in our own company, mate. Yeah, yeah basically. Um, so let's get onto the sport then. Um, anything locally happened this week that you boys know on your seven sport radar that you can report on? Um, well, was, um, well, on Wednesday night, it was the first uh, trial for Newham Town under-18s, which to be fair is a landmark occasion, really. Um, they've got Mark Cook and... Uh, Jamie Hyatt in charge of the, the team there. Jamie, who we know through um, his role with Tuffley over the last few years. You know, he's at Tuffley for, I think it was 12 years in the end. Um, so he decided to to look for pastors new um, because his son was coming through and, you know, wouldn't want to play against Tuffley. Um, and it's a bit of a conflict of interest, as we've discussed before. So it's nice to see him back involved in football pretty much quicker than he left it. So um, they had their first trial on Wednesday night. I wasn't able to process it all uh, at the time. You know, apart from that, it's been good to see over the last week or so that a number of sides have started um, social distance pre-season training or pre-pre-season training. You know, Fairford, who are our team of the week, they start theirs today. Um, a number of Northern Senior League teams start theirs today. Obviously, they're scheduled first game of season is still the 1st of August. That hasn't changed at this point, even though it is likely to. Um, so, you know, preparations are starting to be made. And, and yeah, it's nice to see it. It's a bit of normality. Um, and, and, yeah, it, as I said, it's nice that, you know, the players are still eager and still wanting to, to get back out there on the pitch. And that hopefully will make for some entertaining football when we do get back to it. We don't have a start date yet for Northern Senior League and County League, do we? Well, the Northern Senior League scheduled themselves for the 1st of August. That's when the first games of the Reg Davis Cup are penciled in for. Yeah. So the reality of it is, based on the details that have been given regarding the National League, is they don't want to start any non-league football until the National League starts. So the provisional date that the National League have been given is the 5th of September. Um, and, And, you know, Leagues like the Stroud League, for example, they emailed their secretaries last week to say that we're aiming for a 5th of September start. So it's still a couple of months away. So it is still frustrating that, you know, we don't have the the football and have the luxury to go and watch a game. But, you know, it was summed up for me um, today by, by a friend. She said that, you know, when you think about it, football's closer than we've had for a whole lockdown period. So we've actually had more, like the whole lockdown period so far is longer than the wait we currently have to, for football yeah. to return as it's done. Well, exactly. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're through most of it. I think it was just that, you know, compounded by on, on Thursday when I messaged you, Ryan, saying that uh, it was a year ago on Thursday that we went to our first game of the 2019-20 yeah. season where we racked up, what, 100 and... Well, it was, 100, what was it, 100 and something that we got to before the... Uh, 
Four lockdowns. No, last season. Last season. We maybe were, just before nine, 90, we, maybe. Last season, we were on course for 120. I think in reality, it was yeah. about 70 odd. Pushing 80, I think 84, somehow. I thought, I thought it was closer to, to like 95, 100 this season. Uh, yeah. We hadn't been captured. We, we hadn't reached 100 that. Like, I can count it during the ad break, but. You're yeah. the one with the spreadsheet, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I've, got it all, I've got it all in my book. So I'll, I'll add it up throughout the show, but I'm pretty sure we weren't. Yeah. You can add up the miles as well that we drove uh, <laughs> watching football this season. Can you like also add up the amount of detour miles that Cassie had to take because the uh, <laughs> roads were shut? Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, next, next, August is next month now as well, which is you know just around the corner now by to saying it's next month, football's coming back next month, which is mate, nice. It's, it's crazy. I mean, my birthday in three weeks' time, which is like really fierce. Yeah. I'm going to be 25. It was nine, 90 games we got to. 90. 90. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. We've done all right. We're going to have so, to do yeah, a Kelsey we, birthday we show, been, by the way. We would have been on course for 120 games easily. With the amount of games at the under-18 sides, um, Northern Senior sides, um, as well as the Hellenic Southern League sides had to make up. You know, Bishop's Cleave had like 10 home games to play. Yeah. No, we just smashed them, mate. Completely. Right. And obviously, the thing that... The thing that I was thinking about this week. The thing that I'm the most disappointed in um, with the whole season being suspended and everything like that is I honestly believe we were going to see a Gloucestershire side win a Hellenic Cup. Um, I think Siren Sester stood a chance in the Southern League Cup. So, if anything, the Gloucestershire sides have been robbed of uh, what could have been a good Cup domestic season. Um, you know, we were on course, really, to have three out of four semi-finalists of the, the Floodlit Cup in the Hellenic League. You know, we still had, a, I think, three out of the eight sides in the, the Challenge Cup still. So, you know, it, that's the frustrating part for me because, you know, at, since we've started covering Hellenic football in particular, you know, we haven't seen any of our sides win the Cup yet. Mm. Well, hopefully they'll come back, as you said, pre-season training or pre-pre-season training now, eager and ready to start again and uh, hit the ground running and we'll have... Um, just we'll have it all the same just a, a year later on and hopefully we'll have some something to shout about very soon um, in Gloucestershire on the football front um, keep up to date with it of course here on 7 Sport and Team Radio and on the 7 Sport website 7sport.co.uk um, right should we go for an ad break um, after the break um, and a song we will go into this week's team of the week which is Fairford Town this is 7 Sport and Team Radio This is Seven Sport on Dean Radio. Welcome back then to Seven Sport on Dean Radio. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Talking all of your sporting action and information that you need to know on your Saturday morning. Um, we're just going through a bit of local news at the moment. Um, let's talk a little bit about some local construction projects or, or plans um, that's going on at the moment. Let's talk about Gloucester City's ground just quickly. Progressing well. Floodlights are going up. What do, you, what do you make of the space between the, the pitch and the stand, which has been a bit of a contentious point this week? I, 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 I wasn't keeping up to date with it, and then suddenly the extended programme notes came out, and it's yeah, it's all in, a bit needless, yeah. really, isn't it? It's needless is the word I'd describe, mm. because in, as, in as the opinion. notes say, 13 years without a stadium, you know, there, there's an element that people should be grateful for what they're getting in some respect. I, yeah. I, I don't necessarily think it's that. I think it's just people have to understand that those are the rules now. You yeah. know, it has to be that for a new stadium. Okay, you could have got away with it, um, you know, five six years ago, but now it has to be that. That look. I think 
I think the main issue stems from the fact that Gloucester fans, me being one of them, uh, you know, has has this memory of the T end um, being this big. Obviously, Matt will remember as well. You know that where how the T end was back in the day. Uh, you know, this big sort of like deep stand with wooden steps, and like a metal roof. Uh, not wooden steps, concrete steps rather. With the the goal being really close to the um, to the surrounding barrier, um, and now of course you've got like a three meter gap between the edge of the pitch and the barrier, and then another three meter gap between the barrier and the bottom of the T end, um, the bottom step of that. I think fans are going to look at that and think, well, hang on, why do we have to have it like this when it was like that before? But obviously the rules have changed, so I think that's you can you can moan about it until you're blue in the face, and I know a lot of people probably will. But it's it, you have to adhere to the rules, and at the end of the day, if Gloucester didn't adhere to those rules, that ground wouldn't get built. So no. you got it's like it or lump it, really. The other thing like that um, hits home with following the rules and the rule changes. That old Meadow Park T end was built by a couple of fencing contractors, according to one of the Gloucester City yeah. fans on the forum. So that yeah. goes to show, like back in the day, you'd just be like. Can you just whack up a stand for us? Yeah, yeah. Just someone who's got no experience to be on a football stadium before whacks up a yeah. stand. But nowadays you can't do that. You need to follow the yeah, rules exactly. to be to get your ground yeah. grading and all that kind of stuff. But the the two seated stands are fully done now. They're looking really impressive. Floodlights are going up. Yeah. It's starting to look yeah. more like a football ground now, isn't it? With with all the, the finishing touches like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they're hoping to have the bar open soon, so it'd be quite good to go down there and watch that little Champions League and Europa League mini tournaments and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. That would be going on. Well, I have, well, when they went around and had a look um, the other week, you know, Alex sort of took me um, up the stairs and through sort of all the the, the, the infrastructure of, of the the inside of it all, and you know, it, it's, it looks very nice, and you can imagine it all all done up, full of City fans on a match day and. Yeah, it'll be a good facility for for City to have, and yeah, it'll be a good focal point to at least have. It'd be great for outside of match days as well. Yes, like, yes, exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, you know, we yeah. see with the likes of Tuffley and, and Long Levens in particular um, within Gloucester, the community feel that they have at their respective clubhouses, um, and yeah, that is something that you know if Gloucester City can have. You don't necessarily have to start meeting up at local pubs or anything like that. You can meet up at the ground, and you're helping the club and, 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 you know, there's a real community feel in that. So, you know, it, the quicker they can get that open and, and you know, help people start to finally realise that the stadium's there. It's a good thing that it is there, regardless of the, the gaps or or anything like that. And the fact that, you know, since 2011, since I first started covering uh, Gloss City with, with yourselves, you know, this is what Gloucester City fans have wanted for nearly 10 years that I've been covering. And, and you know, I mean, it's even longer for before I started. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's about time and it's long overdue. And let's, let's remember, it was never going to be perfect. There was always going to be something that not everyone's going to be happy with. Exactly. As, as we said in the first part of the show, what we've learned is we hate people. So there we go. There's <laughs> <laughs> always something to moan about. Um, right, uh, talking of local um, construction projects and 3G projects, there's another one that's um, caught your attention in Gloucester this week. Yes, so uh, Bridge Football Academy, they help um, youngsters with with sort of early training and sort of, it's more focused on the one-to-one and the two-to-one, the, the smaller sessions, the smaller intense sessions to help players develop and um, come through at a young age. 
they've partnered up with the Moat Primary School in Matson to submit uh, a pre-application for um, a nine versus nine um, size pitch 3G facility, which will be run by the school between school hours and outside of school hours will be run by uh, the football academy. And it would be open for, you know, clubs locally of all ages and, and genders and, and whatever to be able to train on, use and, you know, it's a facility that I think Gloucester as a city don't actually have. So it'll be something that, you know, will get used and we'll see income come into the local community and local football community. So I think that's going to be great for uh, like Matson as an area as well, because obviously yeah. everyone, everyone who, who knows Gloucester as a city will know that Matson is not like one of the not a uh, uh, sort of you know a, a poorer area of Gloucester, but there's no there's not much infrastructure there, and you know those sort of facilities. So it's going to be a welcome addition to, to that yeah. area, I think. So that'll do that'll do wonders for the community there. So it's a proven um, council um, authorization at this point, but you know the reaction I've seen from the local community for it um, suggests that it is something that the people want. So whether the council will listen, hopefully they they give it the green light. Excellent stuff. And you can find out more about that on the Seven Sport website, sevensport.co.uk. Right. Um, let's crack on then with uh, this week's team of the week. Um, since we've come back from lockdown and started doing this social distance sports show, um, we've been picking a local team to be our team of the week and sort of showcase them, um, have an interview and that kind of thing and do a quiz. Um, this week's team of the week is Fairford Town. Um, very nice place to go there. Stuart Pike is the chairman. We know him very well here at Seven Sport. He supported us from when he was at Gloucester City and right through to now. Um, and he makes a bloody good burger, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I remember the first time we went, Max. Do you remember that when I had a cloud burn? Mm. I had sunburn on my arms and my legs after being in the cricket with my uncle all day. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, it was one of those days where it wasn't even that sunny. It was mainly cloud. So I was just red, red all over. Red like Fairford's kit on the night. I like what I like about Fairford's ground is the jeopardy you get when you park your car because you park it behind the goal at the one end. So there's always that jeopardy throughout the game, like you know when it go oh, oh I just missed. Oh, it's took a wind, it's took a wing off. I was going to say Kelsey's parked around the back backfield. So. Yeah, that's not fun, is it? That's not fun. Yeah, well, it's better than a it's better than a football through your window. I mean, it's not. I mean, to be fair, if a football goes through your car window, then you need to have it like <laughs> you need to have it checked, mate, because it shouldn't be going through your window. It'd be, yeah. be a long way out in Fairfield as well. Cause you usually end up going down there for midweek games. Free football, yeah. though, you know. So what? That's a free, you get a free football out of it. So yeah, I suppose every cloud. <laughs> um, <laughs> coming back, coming back to the most important thing: yeah. the food. Uh, everyone's <laughs> telling me about the burgers. The burgers being great, and, and you know they are. But for me, the must-get item on the menu is oh, the chicken nuggets. Yeah, it's not even chicken nuggets, mate. It's like, they're like chunks, and they're chicken. They're, chunks, they're not. Right? They're not even chunks of chicken. They're chunks of happiness. <laughs> <laughs> like openly, we'll we will be there, Matt. And like, I've got my old uh, chicken nuggets and chips there. You know, happily fed. I'm saying, like, I could easily just get another really chicken nuggets, walk round to the stand, have munch them during the first half. Wouldn't even, <laughs> wouldn't even bother me. <laughs> I'll pay the money. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, yeah, uh, is that what we're going to talk about at Fairford? It's just the food. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, what it's not, well, it's what they're known for. When they first came into the Hellenic <clears throat> Premier, they were also known for... That's a USB, being, mate. Yeah. yeah, being a bit of a naughty side as well. They kept getting yellow cards and red cards when they had the likes of <clears throat> Lee Smith and Liam Gale 
it was always going to happen, a bit sort of rush, uh, rowdy. But over the, the last two seasons in particular, you know, for me, their reputation's become more of a, a football inside, which is ironic considering they've got someone like Jamie Reid involved who, <laughs> at times, I think, you know, he swore more than I've ever heard in my life. But, you know, they, they've all got all the coaches down at Fairford. They have a, a winning mentality. You know, Kelsey, I think, would agree with me when I say that. You know, yeah. Jody, Jamie, Lee Randall and, and Sean Morgan as well. They all want to win a game. You know, it doesn't matter if there's anything riding on the game or not. They want to be winning that game of football that's being played. Um, and, you know, they do take defeats personally. In particular, I remember the bit in away game in the oh, FA God, Vars yeah. this year. Fairford, I mean, it's the single worst performance. Well, other than when they got beat 5-1 by Long Levens when we first started watching Hellenic football, you know, I haven't seen Fairford play that poor in a while. And yeah, but you have to remember that game was probably the worst officiated game I've like, we've we've seen all season. I right. did think about that game because I remember getting called out by like the referee charity saying I was out of order. Yeah. And um, because I'm not a referee myself, I didn't have the qualifications to I'm pretty sure I, be able yeah. to say a referee had a bad performance. And I just called them out and said, I've actually covered nearly 250 games of football in the last two and a half seasons. I think I know what a bad refereeing performance looks like. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. But yeah, I mean... But they were really... They were very... They were very personal. They got personal and it wasn't great. But no. referee as a club, you know... You, you talk, look at the players that they've had, even since the, the couple of years where we started covering them. You know, as I said earlier, Liam, Lee Smith and Liam Gale were their two focal points when they first came up. Um, they've since had Connor Thompson, who, uh, as you know, by listening to Seven Sport and reading Seven Sport over the last season, you know, we think of him very highly. He was a very, very good player and a very good signing. You know, they've got the likes of Aidan Bennett and Ellis Dunton, who, let's be fair and be realistic at this point when we say they are seven league players. Yeah. And they're going to be playing Hellenic football next year if they both stay yeah. at Cinder Lane. So, you know, Jody Bevan has amassed a very, very good squad of players. Um, they've obviously got Ross Langworthy there now as well. So, over those those two seasons, and it's something that Jody speaks to me about in the interview that we did for In the Spotlight, you know, that first season they came up, they used something stupid like 70-odd players. Now, already that's been nearly halved. And even then, most of the players that they've used outside of their main squad are now coming from the reserve team that they put in place for last season to, to, to help the convey about of talent start coming through. And they've had a couple of players already make that step up from the reserve side in Division 2 of the Hellenic League into Hellenic Premier. And, you know, they finished, what was it, second in the end? And they were on course for, for a top three finish um, in the think- season after nearly being relegated the season before. Yeah, I think it's testament really to uh, uh, when you look at that table uh, from the expunged season. Is if you look at like the goal difference uh, column, I don't know whether you whether you look at that at all, Ryan. When you look at it, Fairfield were one of like only yeah. like five or six teams in that league to finish with a positive goal difference. So I think it just goes to show just how good the defence was in in a league which obviously features the likes of you know like your Westfields, for example, um, who were just scoring goals for fun. And Binfield, 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 the players exactly. that Binfield had I think, um, from their standpoint for Fairfield to be competing and, and for most part mm-hmm. of the season matching those teams yeah exactly. as I said yeah. within 18, 18 months before that they did get relegated from the the Hellenic Premier but they mm-hmm. got a reprieve because of Highmore Ibis and Woodley 
Yeah. Now, if that exactly. didn't happen, Fairford would have gone down, and who knows what would have happened, but they didn't. Well, exactly. They stayed yeah. up, and they've reacted positively, and now you've got to say, going into a new season, again, on paper, they're probably Gloucestershire's best um, best, shot. best, best yeah. suited um, team for a title challenge. Yeah, I think they got a lot of flack, you know, uh, yeah. at the start of last season for, for like the signings that they made. But you have to realise that they only actually really brought in, what, two players, three players? Most of the signings were all from last season or from the, sort of, well, the players that were going to go into the reserve squad because Bevan had such a massive squad at the time. So yeah. they only really brought in a couple of outside players and, and look how well they look how well they did. And you've got to remember, they lost a player like Ben Lodge um, yeah. pretty, pretty early on. And you've got to remember that he wasn't the best player, a nippy little winger. Um, but at the time when he left for Highworth, other than Connor Thompson, he was their most informed player. He was their most influential player. Yeah. So to to say that they lost their their second best player as an attacking um, threat, and to still react the way they did, and you have to remember, it wasn't straight away that Aidan Bennett then came in. He only came in a few months later after um, it all broke down with Charlie Griffin at Sirencester. So there was still a good nearly third of the season without Ben Lodge and with Aidan Bennett not arriving. So they had to fill it, and they did well. Um, you know, both the the Thompsons, Mason uh, Thompson did well. You know, Charlie Bailey came in and, and did well as well. Um, so they did they did the right thing by um, replacing him when they could, and they did well whilst he was there, and reacted to him leaving well, which was something that I was surprised by at the time. Lovely stuff. So, what we are going to do um, after the break is we are going to learn a little bit more about Fairford if we don't know about them, because we're going to do the quiz, which Kelsey has done. Um, but before we go into the quiz and before we go into the break, Butler mentioned there um, about the In the Spotlight series um, that he's done. Uh, he spoke to Fairford manager Jody Bevan, so we're going to hear a bit of that interview now, and then we'll do the quiz after the break. I remember Scott Griffin phoning me up out of the blue and... Um just ask and saying that um, Bedford were after a manager. He'd spoken, he'd spoken to um, whoever it was at Bedford at the time. He said, "Oh, he, he thought it might be a good fit for me." And um, you know, once I come back from holiday, I went and spoke with uh, with Stuart and Mike and Mike Tanner. And um, yeah, I guess the re- the rest is uh, history. It just felt the right club with the right setup for for me at the time uh, to get involved. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's proved to be the case. Even that, obviously, you know, because it was when we first started to to cover, you know, Hellenic level and below, and myself, it was all all new to me. You were due to to take over with Smudge, but then he had to yeah. to step away. Even that, you know, again, it, it's another time where you look all set, and then you have that setback. How did you cope it with, with with him sort of stepping away before you even began? Yeah, it, it was it was hard. I mean, there's no getting away from it. I said I, I very much at the time. Um, you know, I remember going to speak to Stuart the first time, and um, so so Chris Smith had been my he'd been my man ma- briefly had been my manager at um, when I played for Western. He'd also been assistant to Tim at Gloucester when I went to Gloucester, and I loved playing. I loved playing for Smudge. Yeah, he, he, he was you know absolutely fantastic, and I and I thought. You know, when I was to speak to Stuart, he mentioned that Chris was also, you know, hadn't been involved in football for a while and was interested. And I was like, 
oh, fantastic. I said, I'd, I'd love to, you know, kind of, I, was, I thought straight away, perfect pairing, you know, however, however we want to do it. I was, I was like, I'd love to learn, you know, get some experience from Stu rather than me just being like this rookie mm-hmm. manager being chucked in at the deep end. I thought it'd be the perfect fit. And, and you know, we got going, we got went through pre-season, we were making plans and then, uh, unfortunately, um, Chris's mother was, was um, very, very ill at the time and unfortunately he passed away and he just, he, he felt, he, you know, he, he felt he had to walk away and, you know, Stuart was, you know, quite open with me straight away, you know, said straight away once we knew that was going to happen, I wanted to give Chris as much time as possible to, to come back. But once we knew that wasn't the case, you know, Stuart was straight away said, oh, we want you to be manager in, in your own right. This is Seven Sports on Dean Radio. Welcome back to Seven Sport on Dean Radio. We are just going through our team of the week this week, which is Fairford Town of the Hellenic League. Um, and we do a quiz every time we do a team of the week now. And Kelsey is our quiz master this week. He's done a quiz all about Fairford and me and Butler are going to take part. So take it away, Kelsey. Join in at home. Pens and papers are ready. Let's go. Here's your quiz master. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Welcome to the quiz all about my favourite team, Fairford Town. I love your famous catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> this week's quiz is three rounds. Round number one, as always, with my quiz. I like to start with a good old-fashioned general knowledge. So I hope you've been checking up on the old Wikipedia and everything like that um, for today. First round is ten questions long. Hope you have a pen and paper ready. Yep. One point per question. Are you both ready? Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. Question number one, we'll start off nice and easy. What is the name of Fairford's home ground? Play along at home, let us know how you're getting on after one question. <laughs> question number two. Still no no. <laughs> question number two. When were Fairford Town founded? When were Fairford Town founded? As Matt, if you're not going to give very... us any any like multiple choice on this uh, I mean I was about to say Matt will be disappointed that there's no multiple choice this week but if you're going to sit there and moan about it we'll uh, give you a multiple choice for this one we'll go for 1891 1892 or 1893 I've got none of those answers written down from my guess so <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. One of those three. But other than that, but, no more. But imagine more if you did. Imagine if you had guessed. Yeah. Gave you, you read that out. <laughs> and that is the end of multiple choice for this week. Matt will got no more points yeah. for the rest of the quiz. Question number three. Hope you're uh, big on your post uh, or pre World War Two history. <laughs> uh, what league? Did the club play in before switching to the Swindon and District League after World War Two? So this is a league that they played in prior to World War Two. Is it a league we would have heard of? Yeah, it's a league that's still going. So <laughs> it was like yeah, and then it's like it's one that's still going. <laughs> Question number four. Right now, we actually spoke about this league about six weeks ago. Um, Question number four. We've mentioned it already once on the show. Or have we? In the 2019-20 season, where did Fairford finish in the Hellenic League? Mm. Asterisk. Results expunged. 
Question number five. What year did Fairford Town win the Hellenic League Division One West? What year did they win the Hellenic Div One West? Mm. Parties all over Greece. <laughs> Question number six. Between the years 2000 and 2010, how many times did Fairford reach the FA Cup first qualifying round? Are we going to get multiple choice for that one? No. You will not. Matt's throwing his multiple choice card down. Oh, I throw mine. Okay, fine. We'll go with four, five, six. How many times have they reached the FA Cup first qualifying round between the year 2000 and 2010? Four, five, or six? This one here wasn't originally multiple choice, but if you're going to moan about it, I'll make a multiple choice anyway. Yes, I'm going to get question number, question number seven. We all know that Connor Thompson was top goal scorer for Fairford Town this season. But what I want to know is how many goals did Dan Bailey score in all competitions? This is according to the FA full-time website. Options here for you are 12, 13, or 14. So how many goals did Dan Bailey score in all competitions, according to the FA full-time website? 12, 13, uh, I've changed or my mind. I should never do that, but I've Shambolic. changed my mind. Shambolic. Question number eight of ten. Uh, Fairford's record attendance, uh, according to Wikipedia, is 1,525. Against which Midlands-based team was this attendance achieved? Hmm. So the record attendance, 1,525. Against which Midlands-based team was this attendance achieved? I'll absolutely guess. West Midlands, East Midlands, Middle Midlands? Well, we say Midlands, like but just the Midlands is like in general, so it could be West, it could be East, you know, just Midlands. All teams in that Midlands. Exactly. Uh, question number nine. What year was that in? What year oh. was that Was that game? <laughs> oh, do you want a clue for that one? I'll give you a clue for that one. That one was in this century. <laughs> <laughs> So it's not like one of those really old games, you know, like where Gloucester got like 10,000 against Spurs or whoever it was, like in 1952 or something. This was uh, was in this century. So it's within the last 20 years. And it's round it off, round off, round number one. How many times do you want to say round in a short time? What is Fairford's best FA Vars performance? So what? What's how far have they got? What's their furthest... Progression. This is such a guess. Are we ready for some answers? Yeah, go on then. Right. Go on then. Question number one. Nice and easy one. What is the name of Fairford's home ground, Matt? Cinder Lane. Ryan. Cinder Lane. Cinder Lane is correct. Well done. One point each. Question number two. When were Fairford founded? 1891, 1892 and 1893. Matt, because you made such a fuss of it, we'll go to you first. Well, I originally wrote down 1880 and then when you gave me the answers, I went for 1891. Ryan? 
1891 is correct. Well done. Question number three. What league did Fairford play in before switching to the Swindon and District League after World War Two? Ryan? I put Gloucester Northern Senior League. I had no idea. Matt? I just put Gloucestershire County League. No, it's the Siren, Sester and District League. Ah. I actually folded. So you threw me by saying that it still exists. <laughs> well, good, good, good news is neither of you lost out in that one, so it's fine. Question number four. In the 2019-20 season, where did Fairford finish in the Hellenic League? Ryan Butler. Second. Matt. Oh, I've done him a, 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 a disjustice there. 13th. You're both wrong. It was third. Third. I get. I mean, I, there's so many Gloucestershire teams in that league now. I just don't know who's finished where. Thirteenth was it tough? I just don't understand how you could have picked thirteenth when we've spoken all, all show oh, and so well yeah. this season. <laughs> True. <laughs> Question number five. Yeah, five. Um, what year did Fairford win the Division One West? Hellenic Division One West. Uh, Ryan. Sixteen seventeen. No way, I've gone the same. 16-17 is right. Well done. Yes. Try to think back. Good stuff. Uh, between the years 2000 and 2010, how many times have Fairford reached the FA Cup first qualifying round, Matt? Uh, four. Ryan? Five. Matt is right, it's four. Oh, I'm getting well multiple choice. Next, next time I do this, I'm not going to cave into your multiple choice request. <laughs> that uh, wasn't my seven. one, that was Butler, wasn't it? Yeah, well, you started it, so. Um, question number seven. How many goals did Dan Bailey score in all competitions, according to the FA full-time website? Uh, Ryan? I put 12, changed my mind, put 13. Well, I've gone 14. Shouldn't have changed your mind, Ryan. It was 12. Ooh. Unbelievable. Unlucky. Uh, question number eight. Uh, Fairford's record attendance, 1,525. Which Midlands team, or Midlands-based team, did they achieve that against? Matt? Villa. Ryan? I put Tamworth. No, it's Coventry City, actually. Oh, it was that today. Um, the, uh, the year? What year was that? Question number nine. I put 2004. 2002. It's 2000. Oh, give me a point for being closer. Come on. <laughs> No. Not in this uh, question number 10, last question of the round. What is Fairford's best FA Vars performance? How far have they progressed? Uh, we will go to Ryan for that one. Second round. Matt. I put a second round as well. It is a second round. Yeah, yeah well done. How have you guessed most of them? Matt what leads is that? after the first round by five points to four with everything yeah. to play for going into the second round. Have we got time for the second round this part, Matt? Uh, we've got... Um... Well, we got. Um, let me try and figure out the time. We've got like four minutes. So, no, we'll, we'll stick a song now. at the beginning of this part and we'll do the Bov Raw at the end of this part. So, we'll do the rest of the quiz after the break. That sound good? Yeah. After the news. So, let's go on to this week's halftime Bov Raw then, which I'm renaming the halftime jukebox this week um, because this week's halftime Bov Raw theme was. Um, music you'd like to listen to in a pub or you can hear on a pub jukebox because the pubs have reopened today. Woo! Lovely. Already by the time this goes out. Yeah, there will be. Yeah. yeah. So if you're queuing and listening on your Walkman, <laughs> uh, <laughs> have a good, have a pint on us. Go on. Um, so we've each picked a track. What have you boys gone for? I went with Chumba Wumba, Tub Thumping. Tune. 
What have I gone for again? Brown Eyed Girl, that's it. <laughs> by, 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 who's that, Kelsey? Who sings that Van, song? Van, Van, uh, Van Morrison. Oh, Van Harrison, like you <laughs> <laughs> And I've gone World in Motion, New Order, uh, classic. Um, so I'm going to start with Butler's Choice, and then we'll do mine and Kelsey's after the news. Take me to the news. And then um, after that, we will do the spinner to, to who picks next week's theme. This is Sam's Point on Dean Radio. See you after the news. This is Seven Sports on Dean Radio. That was, uh, I forgot the name of the artist now because we've been taking the mick out of Kelsey saying it. Van Van Morrison (laughs) with Brown Eyed Girl. Um, we played all three tracks on this week's Halftime Bravo, which were songs you'd like to hear in the pub because the pubs have reopened again. Um, let's do the spinner for next week's Halftime Bravo to see whose track is going to, who's going to pick the theme, sorry, for next week. Um, let's try and find the spinner. There it is. All the names are on there. Have you got themes in mind? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Spinning the wheels. See who's going to pick the theme for next next week's Halftime Bravo. Oh. It's landed on me again. <laughs> God, I'm going to spin again because I, I did it did it last week. Oh, and I haven't got anything. If it lands on you again, <laughs> it's a fate. It's landed on Kelsey by a hair. Oh, lovely. I think this week, because, you know, in honour of. That's getting a little bit more freedom. You know, measures are being somewhat relaxed. People are allowed to go out a little bit more now. Um, songs to do with, you know, like freedom or being free and things like that. So immediately songs like Free From Desire spring to, my, spring to mind. Because you're free. George Michael, straight away. George Michael, you know? freedom. So, yeah, something like freedom, freedom, being free, something like that. Freedom. Okay. There you go. Uh, oh, what tune! <laughs> Lovely. Also, also, breaking news: Man City have a penalty. Beautiful. Well, right. you'll give us the latest on that in a minute. Um, so there we go. That's next. And they scored it. You know the result of this anyway because you listen on Saturday, recording on a Thursday. That's next week's halftime Bravural uh, theme. Join us um, this time next week to listen to our three tracks. What we've chosen, right? We were in the middle of the Fairford Town quiz with the quizmaster Kelsey. Let's go back to him now for round two. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for that, Matthew. Uh, round number two, we are currently sat. Matt plays uh, Ryan 5-4 yes. in the lead. Well done. So the next round, as I said earlier, I hope you've done your research on Jody Bevan, Lee Randall and Jamie Reed. As the next quiz, uh, quiz round is so aptly named Bevan, Randall or Reed. So you have to tell me, <laughs> oh, no is this... Way. Is this, is these questions, well, they're not questions, they're basically descriptions, right? Is this Bevan, Randall, or Reed? Okay. Number one. How many are in this round, sorry? Ten. Ten in there again. Start right. ten. Ten in there again. Um, question number one, or description number one, is this person once described himself as 
I play a bit like Duncan Ferguson. Is that Randall or Reed? Who plays a bit like Duncan Ferguson? Wait, is that just Randall or Reed? No, it could be Bevan as well. It's Bevan Randall. Say, you cut out then. I think you, you cut, cut out. out then, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, okay. That's <laughs> no, Bevan Randall or Reed, mate. That's the name of the, uh, the quiz, so. He's got to go wind up the internet again in a minute. Question number two. This player scored an absolute screamer against Maidenhead in the last minute in a game in 2006 to 2007. I remember the goal very well. Question number three. This player was red carded in the FA Trophy in two consecutive seasons, huh. 06, 07, 07, 08. It's got to be. It's, it's got to be. I can't even thinking. Question number four. This player has had spells with Oldham Athletic, Slough Town and Cinderford. Slough. We'll move straight on to the next one. You boys both look like you're confident on that one. Question number five. This player made his Gloucester City debut away at Gresley Rovers in 2001. Ooh. Obviously, all three of these players, well-documented, have played for Gloucester City at some point. Date. That's an interesting date. Number six. Number six, again, Bevan, Randall or Reed. This player has scored more than 250 goals in their career. Goal machine. Question number seven. The only one of these three to have not played for Gloucester City's youth setup. So the only one of these three to have not played for Gloucester City's youth setup. Number eight. This player transferred from one club to another, but still played at the same stadium. So I'll read that again. This player transferred from one club to another, mm. but they still played at the same stadium. I get knocked down. I get up again. Question number nine. Number nine of ten. This player ruptured his ACL away at Tiverton in 2006. Ouch. It was described at the time as a nothing challenge. And then the last one. Question number ten of ten. This person once said that their favourite music stroke band was stereophonics. That's question number 10. Who out of Jamie Reed, Lee Randall or Jody Bevan once said that their favourite music stroke band was stereophonics? The majority of these answers I've put Lee Randall. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need any of them read out again? No, uh, I think I'm happy with most of mine. No, yeah, i Happy? So you're ready for the answers. Okay. Right. Number one. Which player 
once described themselves as I play a bit like Duncan Ferguson, Ryan. It's got to be Devin. He's never been fan. Has to have been. I'm pretty sure he says that to me. Matt? I've gone for Bev as well. It is Bev. Yeah, Bev and Jody Bevan once described himself as a bit like Duncan Ferguson. Up the Bev. Uh, number two, this player scored a screamer against Maidenhead in the last minute of a game in 2006-2007. Uh, Matt? I've also gone Bev for that one. I've also gone Bev too. No, that's Jamie Reed. Oh, uh, I just think Jamie Reed. Uh, number three, this player was red carded in the FA Trophy in two consecutive seasons, 06 07, 07 08. Uh, Matt. Reed. Ryan. Reed, surely. Yeah, it has to be Reed. It is Reed. It is Jamie Reed. <laughs> it has to be. Question number four. Uh, who out of the three of them has had spells with Oldham Athletic, Sloughtown, and Cinderford, Ryan? Lee Randall. Matt? Randall. It was Lee Randall. Yes. Well done. Very good knowledge, both of you. That's because I used to spend Question a lot five. of time on his Tiger Royal page. <laughs> <laughs> Question five. Um, which one of these players made their Gloucester City debut away at Gresley Rovers in 2001? Matt. I put Bev and then I scribbled him out and put Randall. I put Jamie Reed. Matt is right. It is Randall. Uh, yes. Randall. I mean, I've said that it's not really multiple choice this week, but this round is very much multiple choice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's, be honest, let's be honest. Um, question number six. Um, I, I mean... Score of more than 250 goals in his career. I mean, it's... JB. It's Bev, isn't it? It is JB. Jody Bevan. Go on, Bev. Um, Question number seven. The only one of the three to not play for Gloucester City's youth setup at some point in their career. Ryan, who have you gone for? The obvious answer is Lee Randall. But I think it potentially could be Jamie Reid, but I've still gone with Lee Randall. I've gone for Rams as well. It is Lee Randall, yeah. Yeah. Well done. You changed my mind on that one. <laughs> Question number eight. This one I thought was quite a good one that I came up with. They transferred from one club to another, but still played at the same stadium. Matt. Uh, I've gone for Bevan, but I think it might be Reed. So is Bevan your answer? Yeah, that's what I've written yeah. down. Ryan? That you're saying, I put Bevan, but it could be Reed. It is Jamie Reed. Mm. Jamie Reed transferred from Sirencester to Gloucester, whilst Gloucester were ground sharing at the Corinium Stadium, so therefore still played the home games at the same ground. Well, he went from Siren to Gloucester. He didn't go from Gloucester to Siren. No, he went from Siren to Gloucester. Oh. I'm pretty sure he went from Siren to Gloucester. Oh, right. Either way, he moved between the two clubs. So, <laughs> um, question number nine. This player ruptured his ACL away at Tiverton in 2006. Ryan, who was that? JB. Oh, I put, I put Jamie Reed. No, it's JB or Bevan. Bev. And the reason I know that is because of the In the Spotlight interview with Ryan Butler. <laughs> I did with Jody Bevan. You can listen to now on Anchor.fm and also on Spotify, 7 Sport on Dean Radio. And on 7 Sport on the UK as well. Question number 10. Last one of this round. Which one of the three once said that their favourite music stroke band was Stereophonics? Uh, Matt. Lee Randall. Ryan. Oh, it be Lee Randall, innit? That's Jodie Bevan. No! <laughs> Jodie Bevan. 
So at the end of that round, the scores on the board, Matt 11, Ryan 10. Ooh. Going into the final round. Oh my goodness me, it is, it is tight. It is tight. And that final round, oh. keep you on the edge of your seats. We're going to do it after the break. This is Seven Sports on Dean Radio. Back to Seven Sport on Dean Radio. Nearly at the end of the show. We've got a couple of parts left and we're at the climax now of our Fairford Town quiz as they're our team of the week. Back to our quiz master, Kelsey. Yes, round number three, which is the round I think you two will love, which is the Spikes Diner. Price is right. Yeah! <laughs> Forward slash play your cards right in the same. I've kind of merged the two a little bit. How have I called that before the show? I mean, that's what I, would as, that's I mean, what as I would soon as, as soon as I knew I was doing the Fairford quiz, it's been in my mind all week, mate. You know, I've been buzzing all week. Well, so, so this obviously, as everyone knows, Spike's Diner is probably the place to go for food in the county uh, for a football game, um, or you know, the whole Hellenic League. They have got absolutely unreal burgers and chicken nuggets, as Ryan mentioned earlier today. Now, and no hummus, which is surprising for a Greek league. <laughs> 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 Jesus, Let's just cut that out. Just edit that. Completely. <laughs> um, right. So to decide who goes first, okay, I've got I've got two rounds, and I've also got a potential tiebreaker question. I've got it. Well, we're not going to do it that way. So to decide who goes first, you're both going to play this round, okay? Now I want you to tell me the total cost of this meal from Spike's Diner. (laughs) Are you ready for this? I haven't got a clue. I've not been there for ages. Remember, rules of price is right. You can be under, but you can't be over. Mm. So, your meal at Spike's Diner. So, for the play in, I don't know, Flackwell Heath, it's Tuesday night. Nice. Well, Ryan's gone to. Tuesday night from Flackwell. Jeez. Ryan's gone to the burger bar, placed his order for, for the two of us. He has ordered a quarter pounder with bacon and cheese. Oh, yes. Potato wedges. Onion rings. And it's a bit cold, so he's gone for a tea. He's gone for a cup of tea. Nice, beautiful. So can you tell me the total cost of that meal? Remember, you can be under, but you can't be a penny over. And this is to decide who plays the first round. Wait, so this is for no points? Yeah, this is just to decide who plays for the first round, mate. Yeah, fun, that's what it is. So, quarter pound with bacon and cheese, potato wedges, onion rings, and a cup of tea. I love this round. Play along at home. No cheating. Whilst we were doing that, whilst the boys are working out their answers, I just want to take this time to uh, say a big thanks to everyone who sponsored Seven Sport for the upcoming season, uh, especially guys at PAH Accounting, our uh, broadcast sponsors. Thanks for their support. Have you got your answers for this one, boys? Yes. Butler using a calculator. Right. Get get off of that. Send a Snapchat message. Get off of that phone. Right. What are your guesses? We will go with Ryan first. That's winning. How is, how is he getting everything here? This is a joke. I've won £8.90. Oh. But I think I could be way out. Matt? I've gone for £10.70. Okay. I can tell you that one of you is spot on. No. One of you has got it 
dead on the money. So, <laughs> so a, quarter, a, quarter, a quarter pounder with bacon and cheese at Fairford Town costs £3.25. I put £3.50. Oh, I think Butler might be closest. Potato wedges cost £2.20. I put £2.20. Onion rings are £2.20. And a cup of tea is £1.25, which brings the total to £8.90. That means Ryan is spot on. Get in! in Oh, my God. In the Spike Steiner. (laughs) He's taking his shirt off. (laughs) Put your shirt back on. Yellow card. I can't believe he's got that dead on. Just give him the quiz now. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of want to give him... This is proof that the fat people know food. Ryan, Ryan, for that... I'm going to give you one point, mate. I'm going to give you an extra point. Is that so it's now into the quiz level. It's eleven all. It's eleven oh. all, mate. Right. This is your your classic higher or lower. Okay, so it's kind of incorporated a bit of a, you know, play your cards right as well. Cross price. Right. You, Ryan, are starting off. It's a big meal now. Okay, round one. You've got a very big meal. You're starting off with a chicken BLT. Okay, that costs three pounds sixty. At Spike's Diner. What I want to know is, is a veggie burger more or less than a chicken BLT? What do we think, ask the audience? Oh, lower. Oh, lower. Ryan, what do we think? It's got to be lower. It is lower. Yeah, you're right. It's £2.70. £2.70 for a veggie burger. No and meat. you can also have their new vegan mayo. Yes, you can. <laughs> you can. Um, next one. Ryan, pretty hungry uh, this evening. He's gone for a small hamburger. Small hamburger. What do we think? Is that more or less than a veggie burger at Spike's Diner? What are you going for, Ryan? You are right. It is £1.65. Obviously, you know, with all that meat um, and, you know, the veg as well, you've got to have something to wash it down with. So you've gone for a regular milkshake. You've gone for a strawberry. You've gone for a strawberry one, because I know you like the strawberry milkshakes. Well, is a regular milkshake more than £1.65, or is it less than £1.65? Higher. You're going with higher? I think it's just higher. It's like £1.80. It's £2.10, so it's higher. You've got two more steps. To go, Ryan. I know play cards right is traditionally five, but we're going for one extra today. Your next item is a giant spike with cheese. Is that more or less than two pound ten? That'll be higher. It is. It's three pound ninety five. And then your final one. You're going a bit of a healthier option now. You've had a lot of meat in this round. Mind you, remember if you don't get this right, Matt will steal the five yeah. points that are on offer yeah, for this round. Do you think that a veggie burger with cheese and a bottle of water as well, oh, so you've gone for two items, goodness. is that higher or lower than £3.95? Right, so it's a veggie burger with cheese and a water. And a bottle of water as well. So we it's still all know, sparkling, they're both so, the same price. So we already know that a veggie burger itself is £2.70. So I would say a slice of cheese is going to be about 30 pence. That takes it to £3. I reckon a bottle of water is going to be more than 95p. I'm going to go higher, and if I've lost that, I think I'm going to cry. 
he's shown his working as well. Fair play. Veggie burger with cheese and a bottle of water in total comes to four pound and five Ooh. pence. So it's ten p more. It is high. Ryan takes all Raheem's five points. Raheem's on fire. Your defence is so <laughs> Raheem's on fire. All five points go to Ryan. On the come back. You start talking about food and suddenly the answer just appears <laughs> in front of my head. So Ryan is now 16 points to 11 ahead. Matt, is your turn to play. Step up to the board. Matt, you're starting with a chicken fillet. <laughs> £3 and 5 pence. What I want to know is, is a small cheeseburger higher or lower than the price of a chicken fillet at Spike's Diner? Uh, what was it? £3.5? Pence. £3.5 pence for your chicken fillet. Is your small cheeseburger higher or lower than that? It's going to be lower than that. It is. Well done. Um, it is £1.80. It's £1.80. All we're doing at this point is showing how reasonably priced Spike's Diner is. <laughs> <laughs> so your small cheeseburger, Matt, at £1.80. Now you're going to move on to your onion rings. Now, obviously, bear in mind, we did tell you what the price of those was earlier, if you were listening. Is your onion rings, are they more than £1.80, or are they less than £1.80? They are £2.20, so they're They higher. are spot on, mate. Well done, £2.20, so that's more than that. Next item, you're going, you're going big. You're going for the mega spike. No cheese, trying to watch your weight. What <laughs> do you think? Is a, no is a mega spike. No is a is a mega spike, which bear in mind is a three quarter pound burger. Wow. No cheese. Is that more than two pound twenty, or is it less than two pound twenty? No, I'm trying to figure out if a mega spike is bigger than a giant spike. A giant oh. spike is a half pound. I'm going to go higher mega then. Spikers. You're going to go higher. That is right, mate. It is four pound seventy. Still, still an absolute most, value for money. That is not bad most, for free burger. It's one of the most expensive items on the menu, mate. Honestly, yeah, but it you're is. Free, can't see your free nut. Your next item, Matt. You're sticking with the burgers, all right. But this time you're you're sizing it down a little bit. You're just going for the quarter pounder, but you're pushing the boat out. You're having cheese as well. So is that more than four pound seventy or less than four pound seventy? That's going to be less than four seventy. Got to be. It is. It is less than four seventy. It is two ninety five. Bargain. Two pound ninety five. Right, Matt. This right here is your final meal of the day. To take it to a sudden death tiebreaker. To take it to the sudden death tiebreaker question, which is such an unreal question, I might just ask it anyway. <laughs> but Matt, we've spoken about the chicken nuggets already. Are the chicken nuggets six of them at Spike's Diner? More or less than £2.95? I think I know how much they are. Like, actually, no. I knew he'd know as well. Oh, man. So let's read that again. So you got your quarter pounder with cheese. £2.95. Six chicken nuggets. A bit more than £2.95? Or is it less than £2.95? I mean, oh, my. What do we think? Gosh. Chicken's always a bit more, isn't it? Well, it depends where you go, mate. Depends where you go. Well, a chicken burger is more expensive than a hamburger. Mm. Chicken fillet burger is three quid. So, 
I suppose if you chop that up into six. Well, I just see this the logic. Tense. This but, is tense. Um, I, can, I can see he's trying to do his working. Well, breaks both of us really for the method that we've taken on this quiz. I'll tell you it's what, if, if, if Matt does get this, I mean, you've both got five out of five straight I off. Think, I think he will get this. I'm going to go... I'm going to go higher. I want to throw out there because I think they're three pound fifteen. Three pound fifteen, you say? I think that's what they are. Well, your quarter pounder with cheese is two ninety five. Matt, using the logic that a chicken fillet is three pound and five pence, trying to cut it all up and Absolutely. divide it by six or something like that, <laughs> has come to the logic that chicken nuggets are more than two pound ninety five. I can tell you. Chicken nuggets are £2.85, which means they're lower. No! Which means Matt has thrown it away right at the end. No! Ryan gets the five points. But it's not over. I don't believe it. The quiz is not over. <sighs> there is one more question. You can't throw a tiebreaker in as a final question. It's not a tiebreaker. It's not the tiebreaker. This question is the planned golden snitch question, which is worth the whole quiz. <laughs> so everything up to oh, now man. has been just a ruse. So your question to win the quiz, I think you can probably see where this is going. What is the total price of every single item on the Spikes Diner menu? There are 45 different items in total. Now, bearing in mind, you have strawberry and chocolate milkshake, but I've not. I've included them as one item, basically. But things like coffee, which is like uh, obviously americano, latte, mocha. Um, there's five different variants of that, so I've included those as individual items. And we're going obviously closest with this one. We'll win the quiz. Okay, where's my where's my calculator? So I want to know what the total price of every single item okay, on the Spikes Diner menu. I'm giving it to the closest. Whoever is closest. Oh, I'm trying to go for an average. It's good. It's, it's, it's a good method. It's a good method. So it's 45 different items on the menu. Obviously, things like steel and sparkling water are just one because they're the same price, but because there's so many different variants of coffee, I thought I'd go for for five of them. I'm going to go to the pence as well, just to make it more fun. Okay. Are we ready? Yeah. Have we got our answers? Yeah. No. So the scores at the end of the quiz, which was just a total waste of everyone's time, were Matt 11, Ryan 21. <laughs> so well done, Ryan, for winning the fake quiz. This is a big one, though. This is the real one. Ryan, have you got your answer yet? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I keep changing my mind, but I can't keep doing it. So, yeah, I'm ready. I hope I've worked this out right as well, by the way. Otherwise, Stuart Pike is going to be on me yeah, on me big time. But I've t- checked it and double-checked it, so I'm pretty confident. Right. Matt, we'll go with you first. I'm thinking if I roll up to Spike's Diner... And I've got £135.87p in my pocket. I'm going to buy all of it. So you've gone for £135.87p. Yes. Oh, right. 
Ryan, what have you gone for? I went for 45 items, average of about £3 an item, so I've got 135 quid. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I put the 87p on there. If it's lower than than 135 quid, then I've won. If it's anything above 135 flat, Matt wins. So, based on the 87p. (laughs) (laughs) Blimey. Um, well, unlike the first time, you, none of you are spot on this time. No, no that would have been good, though. Because I'd be fair play if you were. One of you, obviously, is closer than the other. The total cost of all of the items to win 100 points on the quiz, to win the quiz, 100 points. is 100 and seventeen pounds sixty-five yeah! pence. He's Ryan. It's a winner. He's won the quiz. He's got four his shirt off. Four in a row. He's won four in a row. No one can touch the big man. I mean, I think he deserves that for getting <laughs> the price of the menu old. right on the first bit. Really? Yeah. No. I mean that. He was fine. Be, food to be honest, came man, out. The big man stepped up. What? I mean, I'm. I'm just going to throw this out there. Matt kind of ruined it by not getting the right the right answer for the second round uh, because then it would have been level going into the uh, going into the final round and that would have meant more. But uh, you know, there you go. Well, well I, I think I won the knowledge part, so you know, you won the knowledge it's, part. A, well it's a it's a knowledge victory for me. Yeah, yeah. Ryan won the food part. Yeah, you made your own jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent stuff. Well, that was really good, and I think that's what I'm about. It just goes to show that the good value you get at Spike's Diner at Fairfield Town Football mate. Club, get yourself down there now. Thank you. Um, next week's team of the week is Brimscombe and Threp. And Butler is the Quizmaster. Yeah, he gets two teams. And we're going to go for a break. After the break, we'll do any other business. Um, we're talking um, anything sporting from the last this is Seven Sport on Dean Radio. Welcome back then to Seven Sport on Dean Radio. We are in the final part of this morning's show. This the show has flown today. It's gone really quick. Um, we're in the final part. Then any other business? We're talking any sporting headlines from the last week. Um, best place to start: VAR. Two interesting points the last week, really. Well, two in the last two days from from point of recording. You know. Yeah. Against uh, in the West Ham Chelsea game, the the one that divided everybody was the disallowed goal. Um, Sushek um, putting the ball on the back of the net, sort of over Antonio's legs after he'd fallen on the floor. For me, I think I can I can see why it was given, but I don't think it was offside really. Um, it's all about the interpretation of the law. The law that you know the player, if you're in the line of the goalkeeper and affecting the sight to the ball, but I don't think he was fully in the line of, of Kepa. I think that you know he was blocking the goal, if anything else. And I think Chelsea got away with it there, but at the end of the day, they lost the game, so there was no real impact on it. But then the one today on the day of recording, the, the Tottenham disallowed goal. Um, People have, have turned around and, and slagged VAR off for it for the decision that was made for the Lucas Moura handball. Um, you know, I've tweeted to, to a couple of people and a couple of times um, something that Kelsey said before on previous incidents. It's not VAR's fault. It's just the way that the laws have been interpreted and, yeah. and applied. And the law simply mm-hmm. states that no matter what, 
if the ball is hit in the hand of an attacking player and a goal ends up being scored, then a handball will be given. And unfortunately, Lucas Moura mm. is falling down. The ball's hit his hand. Michael Oliver, the VAR referee, has got no alternative but to follow the laws that he is supposed to implement. So it's not the VAR that's wrong, it's the, it's the laws that they're following. Yeah, he's spot on, really. You, you summed it up uh, as best as as I could. I mean, I put a tweet out the other day saying, obviously, that uh, my my thoughts are on VAR, obviously, you know them, every, everyone knows them by now, that it, I'm pro-VAR. You know, I think everyone knows that. I like the idea of VAR, but I'm against the current implementation of it, as, you know, as most people are. In a couple of years' time, people who sit there and doubt VAR, <clears throat> like Matt, um, we'll sit there and um, really wonder why they ever doubted it uh, once it's been implemented properly. But until we get to that point, we've got a lot of... Uh, we're going to be debating this for a long time coming, put it that way. It's something that I'm quite happy about in a sense that, you know, when the VAR idea was getting floated around, it's something that I said that, you know, there is going to be a, a period where it doesn't work because of simply how the laws of the game are implemented in the UK. Um, you know, football is a... It's not a clear-cut game when it comes to the, the rules that, 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 you know, are implemented by the officials on a game. You know, there are... You know, you hear all the time about interpretation of the laws and the application of the laws themselves. And it, it's the same here. You know, there are so many laws that... You know, you ask 50%, well, you ask 50, 100 referees, sorry, and 50% will say yes, it's a foul or whatever, and 50% will say no. It, it's all subjective and it's all based on a referee's opinion, which makes it more tricky because the opinion of the referee on the pitch could be a different opinion to the referee who sat there on the VAR. Um, there have been period, times that we've seen, you know, where fouls have not been given by the referee on the field, but then the referee in VAR has overturned it. But, you know, everyone's looking at it going, well, potentially that's not a foul. So, you know, it, it, that in essence shows that it isn't always clear cut as it could be. You're never going to get as clear as day. That's why you need to have the referee on the pitch looking at the monitor and having a look where yeah. they should be saying to him, yeah. you know, well, we think you've missed something there. Do you want to have a look at it rather than completely yes. overruling? Because in my opinion, that completely rules him out from any authority yeah. on the game. They might as well just have robot referees and cameras or whatever, well, rather well, than having a referee like, on the pitch. Yeah, me and Kelsey are, are cricketing fans and we watch cricket quite a lot. Um, there is in the, the DRS system the, to, to review and send it upstairs for, for an appeal for a wicket. You know, there is that essence that the on-the-field decision takes precedence in the, in the event that it's not conclusive. And I think that, you know, we, we all saw in the World Cup 2018 in Russia how well the pitch side uh, monitor benefited it. And I think that it was quite obvious within the first couple of months of the season that the pitch side monitor was something that we were lacking as a country. I think we're still one of, what, two countries that don't use the monitors. So, you know, that shows that really the system is there, but it is about how you're implementing it. And and if you're not implementing it correctly or, or using it as effectively as possible then you're going to have problems. And I think that Mike Riley has got to take the criticism for that because he's the one that made the decision that these referees don't need the monitors when quite clearly they do. How many times have we seen in the Premier League game this season where 
the camera's following the referee and there's been to the players. There's a couple of times with Mike Dean in particular. Mm. And you can quite clearly see he's pointing to his ear and saying the words, I don't know. That was the Wolves because, game. Because he, because he physically doesn't know what's happening. No. He's just being told by someone who's watching it somewhere else, you've got to give this decision. Whereas you look at, for example, cricket, where it's all on the big screen, they can all see it. And then the umpire says, this is why you have to give it, give it. Now, potentially the VAR referee is saying that, but unless the referee on the pitch is physically seeing it, they're not going to know what they're giving. I think, in a way, like the, the 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 troubles that we've had with VAR, with you know the early implementation of it, in in kind of a sort of a a sick like reverse way, it's kind of been good for the game because in the long run it will allow us to sort of progress. Um, with the implementation of VAR, so you can see where the failings have been, and then act upon those and improve on those. So, like it's it, not not to say it's good for like the short term of the game, but for the long term, it's going to be more beneficial for you know because obviously technology is going to be around for for years and years. You know, you've got you, you just got to accept that fact. You know, obviously we've got the, the goal decision system, you know, the goal line technology and things like that. When and now VAR is obviously <laughs> just the next step. Yeah, um, so it, it's you obviously just have to. You kind of just have to deal with it. Um, and what's happening right now will be good for the long term future of the game, which will obviously make the game better. Yeah, we just got to put it with the pain now to get a better exactly. a better product exactly. out of it. Exactly. Yeah, I do see your point, and hopefully they will next season look at look at the pitch side monitors and go from there with it because. I think we would have had the season we just, like the season would have ended now if the coronavirus wouldn't have happened. We'd have gone into the Euros and then he'd been using the monitors again, and we'd oh. all have been saying, "Why aren't they doing this in the Premier League?" And it would have just, yeah, you'd like to think obviously, something would have been done. Obviously, about we it. we had the 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 issue about the handball um, laws that, that happened yeah. in the last couple of years. You know, you've seen a lot of time that, um, you know, where. For example, the, the United against PSG when United were given that penalty right at the end for a handball decision that you know on every Saturday in the Premier League would never have been given. Mm. So, you know, it, there's always been that difference in how the law is implemented in England. Um, and now since VAR's come in, it, it's nice to see that we're continuing the trend by being different. It's the, incons- I mean, you- it's the inconsistency, isn't it? And I think because, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, because yeah. you've got VAR now and you're able to look at it straight away and see from like an official's point of view that that's you know that, that it's happened straight away and if they've given it or not then it gives you the the opportunity to say oh, hang on a minute that exactly the same decision was picked up a few weeks ago and was given or do you know what i mean yeah. it's just the that, inconsistency. That, that, that comes back to the, the the opinions some referees yeah. would give decisions and some weren't but then yeah. that, that that is just human nature not everyone's going to be exactly the same at every given point especially yeah. when the laws of your game are up for interpretation that's right. The easiest solution is, uh, you know, like Ryan said, is number one, pitch side monitors. If it takes more than two minutes to make the decision, you can't overturn it because it's not conclusive. If it's not conclusive, you have to stick with the on-field decision. I think that that's pretty. That's probably the best. The best solution. Coming back, coming back to cricket again, there, Cavs, isn't it? Because they always say yeah. that it has to be a clear and obvious error to yeah. overturn the umpires on Which the field. Which is why you have call, yeah. It yeah. should be the same in football, and that's how it should be implemented. Yeah, that one, for example, at West Ham, that took three and a, three minutes twenty seconds or something like that to 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 make a decision. Right now, 
that's fine because there's no fans in the stadium. Mm. But when you've got 50 or 60 odd thousand people in a stadium that have no idea what's going on, it, the atmosphere is not great. And then it adds pressure to the referee for future. There's been a like for example, I remember the Tottenham-Chelsea game where Anthony Taylor, who for me, probably the second best referee in the Premier League that we have right now, and he made two bad decisions that got overturned by VAR, but that's because his judgment would have been infer- like would have been clouded almost, because every time I went to VAR, it's a couple of decisions took longer than normal to go through, and you have that pressure. These are humans, but at the end of the day, pressure of 50,000, 60,000 people, and you're waiting for a decision to be made that's not going to be made by you, but ultimately given by you. That's mental when you think about that out loud. Mm. Think about you as an electrician, Matt. You're going to be installing something, but you have no idea what you're installing, but you're the one that's going to have to do it, for example. Yeah. You know, and you're worried that, you know, if you don't get it right or whatever, the consequences could be could be massive. So there's that pressure. And, you know, as I said, they are human. And referees throughout my lifetime, obviously my uncle's a... Uh, a non-league referee in Berkshire when I was growing up, I've always had the 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 figure there to tell me, you know, when you're watching a game of football, to look at it from a referee's perspective. So I like to think I'm quite good uh, understanding the way referees referee games and decisions that they make. And VAR, you know, for some people who aren't so savvy or, or understanding from the referee's position, that's why people then turn around and have a go at VAR when they don't actually understand that it is the laws that these referees have to implement. I just love moaning about it now just because it annoys everyone else. Yeah, like, <laughs> and because Wolves genuinely earlier in the season did have a lot of decisions go there go against them. So yeah. sometimes you do feel like it is, it's got it in for you. Yeah. Um, talking of Wolves, it's been a good week for them and United. The, uh, the race for the Champions League spots is really hotting up now. Yes. Um, you know, we, we spoke off off air and in our private chats and things like that, Matt, that, you know, the last games of the season were always going to be interesting. Chelsea versus Wolves and Leicester versus Man United. In the last seven days, you know, they look like it is literally winners take all. Mm. Simple as that. So, you know, the way it is going, I mean, Leicester from the, the resumption of the league after the lockdown, they look shocking. They do not look together at all. Um, you know, they were quite lucky in some respect to even score at Everton the other day. Um, never really... Every game I've watched Leicester, they haven't looked like winning it, really. So I would be quite worried with them. And if something like... They've only taken 17 points out of the last 46 available. Mm. Whereas before that, before, like before that point, it was like 38 from 46 they took. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, the, it, it's chalk and cheese with, with how they are. They've almost gotten worse as the season's progressed, whereas someone like United, you know, they've improved because against the lower sides and the lesser sides, they are starting to win more. For example, Brighton away, that is the first time in three seasons that Man United have even got a point away at Brighton and they did it without getting out of first gear and played quite convincingly. What I'm liking as uh, a football fan and, and, and obviously appreciating, you know, quality teams and things like that, after being in that position with Man United over the years, Wolves are doing it perfectly. They're winning the games 1-0, 2-1, not having to blow teams away, 
but doing just enough to win the game. And that is the most important thing. So for me on paper, I would say Wolves and United are in the prime position at the moment to swoop in and finish third and fourth respectively. And if they do, I was saying to Matt before we started recording this, that would be insane considering at the start of the season, the media hyped up Leicester as being this great team. They're going to do loads of things. They could gate crash top four and everything like that. And they're all about Frank Lampard and they're all about Chelsea. So the media started and they were loving those two sides and potentially could be the sides that have occupied those spaces for most of the season and, and may not even get there. Yeah, it'd be great. And then obviously Wolves and United have both still got the Europa League to look forward to as well, which isn't a distraction to the league now. Yeah, well, so. and, and plus also, we still don't really know what's going to happen with Man City yet. Yeah. So as it stands, you know, three of the four could still make the Champions League without finishing in the top four, and one of them will be outside of the top four at the mm. same time. So yep. it's wide open and it's probably the most exciting race for top four that we've seen in years, probably since the year when it went to the final day between Spurs and Man City. It was like the second from last game of the season. Spurs won out of Man City to finish fourth. Yeah, and I suppose people, probably... people looking at it are going, oh, the, the season's over now. Liverpool's won the league and all that. But if you just literally look down two spaces, it's all yes. it's all to play for. You see, and it's also, it's also nice to see sides like Leicester and Wolves who aren't necessarily in those Champions League places all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, Leicester have only finished in the Champions League once and that's because they won the league. Mm. You know, it, people always moan about, you know, the top six being so rigid and it's always the same teams. But it's nice to see different teams. Obviously, Arsenal and Spurs are, are not a million miles away further back from that. So, really, for what? Two spaces, potentially three spaces, you've got up to about six or seven teams. Mm. And um, I'll just finish with a, a nice fact that I got this week just before Wolves played Villa. Um, that, that day that Wolves played Villa, it, it had been a year and two days since they started their season um, because they started the season way back um, last July for the, uh, last June, sorry, for the Europa League. So they've been going for a year and two days when they played Villa and beat Villa as well. So wow. it's crazy. Obviously, there's a big gap in, in that oh, with wow. the lockdown and must stuff. Be, it must be the longest season ever. <laughs> yeah. Must be the record for longest season ever. Pretty much, yeah. um, The game, okay, so the game on Wednesday would have it was the the games were the first league games to be played on uh, in July. Mm. There had only ever been league games in England played uh, up until June. Mm. So there had never been any league games in July before until Wednesday. Yeah, crazy stuff. Well, it's good to have it back, and it's good to have talking points in there. Lots still to play for, so it's all good. Bottom of the Premier League's looking um, very interesting as well. I would point out, though, that on the day of recording, as Kelsey said earlier on, you reminded me that, you know, it is a year ago to the day that we went to our first game of the last season. So mm. um, today it's been quite a tough day for me mentally because, you know, it has been one where, you know, I got a bit, not down this morning, but, you know, the realisation hit that, you know, I'd love to just go watch a game of football. I'd love to just go watch a nil-nil. All the, the <laughs> you know, the tweets and the banner that we gave players and, and, and squads and fans and everything like that about, you know, oh, we don't want to watch a nil-nil when we come to see your team. I mean, I'd love to go watch a nil-nil or, <laughs> or a, a terrible game at, at wherever, you know. I just miss football. just miss physically going to watch a game of football, tweeting about it, writing about it, 
commentating it. You know, we'll we'll end up when when football does come back. Me and Kev be commentating everywhere, so we'll be going to like Rockworth Albion and the Reg Davis Cup and find somewhere to commentate from there. It's just. <laughs> That, well, that, that brings us nicely full circle because, like we were saying at the start, it's a month away now until football starts again. Just one month. You've got less time um, to go than, than we've had missing, potentially. So, yeah, plenty to look forward to. Um, that brings us nicely to the end of the show, anyway. Um, thanks for joining us. If you want to listen back to any of the shows, find Seven Sport on Google Podcast or Spotify. And we'll see you next Saturday from 10am. This has been Seven Sport on Dean Radio. <laughs>